0: Hey everyone, this podcast episode is with Costa Panagulias. Costa is a relatively new Rockstar a Circle member who just recently jumped into buying rental properties in Southern Ontario. He built a SaaS, that's software as a service company, and sold it last year for a big payday and needed to start thinking about where to park the proceeds from selling his business. So on this podcast, we talk about his journey of starting a business when he was in university, how he grew it to a high level, how and why he sold the company, and all about his personal journey down three different rabbit holes into how to protect his wealth through real estate, Bitcoin, and infinite banking. Costa has a great story of how a local Canadian and family man is setting himself up to live life on his terms, uh, both today and far into the future. If you're like Costa and you've been a listener of the show, but haven't checked us out at rockstar yet, or are wondering what the rockstar Inner circle is all about and how we help people invest in real estate to live life on their own terms. You can learn more by literally calling us. Yes, you heard me right. Picking up the phone and calling us like it's 1999. If you're like us, you miss the days when you could call a business and simply speak to a human rather than enter some sort of robot rabbit hole. So if you call us, we do our very best to try and pick up every phone call and help however we can. And if one of us is on lunch or in the bathroom or whatever the reason we might miss a call, we'll get back to you ASAP to help out. So I'll give you the direct phone number to reach myself and Ashley Gordon, who are on the membership team at Rockstar. We'll answer any question you have about the Rockstar Inner Circle membership. If you have any, or if you have any specific questions about investing in real estate in Southern Ontario, call us as well. We'll connect you with one of the Rockstar Inner Circle investing coaches so you can tap into their extensive investing knowledge. These coaches work one-on-one with Rockstar members to help them grow their portfolios. So call 905-338-6964, extension 210, and let us know your call from the podcast that's 905-338-6964 extension 210 and you'll reach myself or ashley looking forward to hopefully chatting with you soon and seeing how we might be able to help you out without further ado costa panagulias are you ready to live life on your terms is it time to take charge
1: real estate business building the economy health and nutrition and more it's the Your Life, Your Term Show, with Tom and Nick Carrazza. Are you ready? Let's
0: go. Okay, so I'm live with Costa Panagulias. Did I say that right? Perfect. Okay, so I'm stealing Tom's bit with the last name here, but uh, it's Greek, so there's extra pressure to get it right. Um, and Costa, you've been a Rockstar member for how long now? It's gotta be like... I don't know, five months, maybe. So you kind of stood out because you're doing this podcast where you have a ton of common guests that we've had on this show, ton ton of common topics. I think you just bought a rental property in St. Catharines, right? Correct. With your coach, Mark Greenwich. Yeah. And you're a software guy. Yeah, you, you have this software of. background. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out who you are. We've never really sat down and talked. We met at the VIP dinner last week, uh, briefly, but uh, yeah, we just want to figure out who you are, what, <laughs> you know, what you've up to, because you're doing some cool things. Yeah. So who, who is Costa Panagulias?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me. This is really cool to, to be a guest on one, truly one of my favorite podcasts. Oh, awesome. I listen to this show all the time. So uh, great to be here. Um, <clears throat> quick background on myself. So my name is Costa Panagulias. I am a father to three amazing, beautiful kids, uh, husband to an amazing wife. I like how you start with them stuff. <laughs> that. That's what actually really matters the most. So that's cool. Man. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And, and professionally, I think the best way to describe me is, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I'm a serial entrepreneur. Uh, so Uh, Most notably, about 12 years ago, uh, founded a company with my partner called Web for Realty. We were providing web marketing applications to real estate agents across Canada and the U.S. Uh, So we were able to grow that company out of my parents' basement, just the two of us, into like 20-plus team members around the world, fully remote, bootstrapped, self-funded. And last year, we got acquired in a successful acquisition. And so... Uh, now I'm just, you know, working on what does a successful acquisition mean to you? Um, good question. I think it can mean different things to different people. To me, uh, it's, oh man, that's a good one. A successful acquisition to me is, is kind of just being able to, uh, you know, walk away from something tangible obviously in this case, money, uh, dollar, dollar a lot bills. of experience. Okay. And, and kind of a blank slate. Like that's the most exciting, that was the most exciting thing for me is just, uh, so you I could wipe your slate. hands clean yeah. and you were no longer involved in that company's
0: yeah. operations. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So web for realty. So how old are you now, Costa? 35. Okay. So quite a young strapping lad still. <laughs> so you started this 12 years ago. So you were, yeah. uh, 23.
1: Uh, that's when we launched, but we started developing a little sooner. Like I remember I was still in university in my last year university when we were, when we got started on it, but but yeah, we officially launched, uh, 2011.
0: Okay. 2011. And how did you get into this?
1: Like, how do you bootstrap this company? Why realtors? Yeah. Where does it start? Uh, so I'll, I'll give you the story. So, uh, my partner at the time we would, we were two young hungry kids, right? We would literally meet up every Friday night at my parents' house, order a pizza and think about ways to make a million bucks. Like literally every kid's dream, right? So at that time, my partner, he got his real estate license and he was helping this broker in the area with her website and her marketing stuff. And one of these Friday meets, um, this was, it just came up. Uh, he was just describing how uh, he's helping out with his website. It's like old, outdated, expensive. And we're just like, and she's paying like a hundred bucks a month or something. And we are just like, Oh, why don't we do this for $20 a month? And you know, that, that was kind of like, did that. you have
0: a tech background?
1: No, not at all. Nothing. We just that was just sort of like our aha moment, where it's like, yes, this is our idea. Like it just for some reason or another, just clicked. What was costing a hundred dollars a month, like the hosting? Yeah, like the the CMS website uh, management system. And how would you know you could do it for twenty bucks? We didn't. It was just like, oh, well, we just grabbed a cheaper. piece of paper, okay. <laughs> plugged in some numbers, twenty times a thousand, and you know, you're just like, oh shit, like, we can make this much money. Yeah, so it just started from that. Okay, so so wh- how do you build it, like? Um, so uh, again, we're, we're non, we were both non-technical people. Like I still don't write a line of code. Um, we didn't know what we were getting into, to be quite frank. Um, like I didn't even know what a CRM was. Like I didn't even know what SaaS was, you know, I was like very fresh to us. So I spent the, the next, like, can you explain those two terms? So yeah, CRM is a content relationship management system. Like okay. every business has a CRM, which is like you manage contacts. hmm And a SaaS, uh, it's a software as a service. It's just the segment of an industry. What does that mean exactly, software as a service? It's just a type of uh, software business. Usually SaaS companies are like subscription models where you're providing a software for a subscription. Okay, like DocuSign maybe. Yeah, that's a SaaS, yeah. Got it. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I I was spending the next like a good like three months calling... Competing or uh, competing companies pretending to be a realtor and just like asking questions. Like, <laughs> literally, it's like, how do you guys do this? Like, how do you handle support? Like, Inside craziest the questions. And like, I was shocked at how freely these people would give me the answers. Yeah. So, and I still have the notebook. I have like pages, dozens of pages of notes and just like learning about the business. Like, mm-hmm. as we were building it. Were you guys working at this point? Uh, I was still in school at the time. Did you guys ever get full-time jobs or did you do this? My, my partner at the time uh, did have a full-time job. I, I've never had a full-time job in my life. Yeah. So I did this straight out of school. Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's cool. And also like kind of weird cause you can't relate to maybe 95% of yeah. people that way. It's true. But, uh, very cool entrepreneurial story for sure.
1: Yeah, so that, that's how it started, just uh, two naive young kids just doing something. I'm, I'm really glad we landed on this software space because I, I truly can't imagine a, a better, cleaner business, but it could have been anything. So why is that? Why do you like software as a service? Because
0: this is your thing now, you help other people with SaaS companies. So what, what do you like about this industry?
1: Um, it's it just like a, it's a very clean business, right? Like it's, you know, you can do it remotely, um, you, you know, you don't have the, the, the physical interaction. Some people like that. Like, you know, I'm, I like being a little bit more hands off. Uh, are you more introverted? Definitely. So this, yeah. so this, uh, yeah, this would appeal to Yeah, you. definitely. Yeah. Just like the overall business, it has just looking at, you know, friends of mine who are like in construction and in other businesses that are just way more hands on and just the issues they deal with. Um, I'm not say you don't have issues in software, but it's just different. It's just like a, a cleaner business. What would the issues be? Bug fixes. Yeah, bug fixes. Dealing with you know every business has their customer support issues, but you with know it's more you, the technology side that's giving you problems. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, you, you know, you have your 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 you know dealing with people, like you have employees and team members, and dealing with different personalities, which is common in any business, but. Uh, yeah, you know, you get paid recurring uh, revenue. Um, so you can forecast like, okay, this year, this is what's coming in based on what we yeah, got. Yeah, much easier to manage cash flow. How
0: volatile is it? Like, would a bunch of subscriptions drop off at any point and you're like, holy shit, you know, let's turn up the marketing or how do we get people back?
1: Uh, yeah, that that's a common, that's probably the most common problem in SaaS is like the churn rate, uh, people um, uh, like retention, right? What's a common churn rate? Common churn rate for a SaaS company is, it could vary depending on who your customer is. Like in our case, uh, like our churn rate was pretty good. Like the, the benchmark churn rate in SaaS, I'd say is around like 5% per month. Okay. 5% of users dropping a month. Okay. So you got to, if you want to grow this thing, you got to bring in like
0: 6, 7% of the exactly, existing yeah. user base yeah. next month to keep yeah, going. There's,
1: there's always a, a leaking... It's like a bucket that's constantly leaking. You always have to.
0: It's the broken drain that you gotta keep filling it up. Yeah. Okay. So how do you scale this thing? Like you found your thing, it's working, people start hiring you and how how do you you grow
1: it? Where do you learn your marketing? Like you didn't have any full-time job, no marketing experience, no software experience. So yeah, so when we first got it ready to a point where it's like, okay, we're ready to sell this thing and our customers are real estate agents. Like I single-handedly closed the first 500 paying clients just through cold calling and email marketing. Just calling real estate agents. Yeah, literally like scraping leads online, getting a list and like picking up the phone and calling. Good for you, man. And how, what were you doing for your email marketing? Um, Keep in mind, like this was when, like, I didn't know what, what I was doing, right? Like I literally started off with an Excel sheet. Like the email marketing was just Gmail, like manual emails. And then like, as I was going through this, like I discovered certain apps and like email marketing tools, that can automate a lot of things, but that first few hundred was just like raw and gritty, pick up the phone, like no structure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I think that's how everyone gets started. I don't <laughs> yeah. think anybody knows what they're doing. Yeah. You just kind of figure it out yeah. as you go.
1: And then you just kind of, yeah, it just evolves naturally. You learn more. You start u- utilizing tools that make your job more efficient. Okay. So you, so you grew this thing. You had some momentum.
0: So why'd you sell it? And uh, did you have the intention of selling it from the get-go?
1: Um, that's it. Why did we sell it? I mean, a lot of different reasons. I think, uh, you know, doing it for 12 years, um, just like lost a bit of the passion, like had some burnout in this particular business. So, you know, my, my partner and I, we, we just kind of, you know, just decided it was time to just do something different. You know, our lives were changing, like yeah, I have kids and, you know, he, he had a, uh, he was starting a family as well. So like, did you like, want to spend more time with your family? Was yeah. Just like priorities and interests were changing and it was just, you know, a time, good time for both of us. Like how kind of many websites away. can I build for real estate agents? Yeah. Like you got to that point? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. I, so
0: I had a friend that actually did the exact same thing. might still be doing it. And, uh, he was just so sick of it. After like two, three years, he's like, I can't build another real estate <laughs> agent website. <Yeah. laughs> I was like, fair enough. There. And he was doing great, doing yeah. really well, like successful. Yeah. Like probably like looked very much like the early stages of yeah. of what your company might have been.
1: Yeah, it was it was very uh, saturated business. Like we definitely weren't the only ones doing it well you picked a good
0: client base because ontario we were i was looking at the stats last week has i think the highest percentage of realtors per capita
1: for sure in the world yeah
0: i think in north america it was for oh, sure yeah. and then it was of the labor force so these are just people active workers or can work i think in toronto i think it was one of every 68 or yeah. maybe it was 72 workers also have their real estate license yeah now most of those real estate agents don't ever actually do a deal like 80 percent of them but that's a huge client base of budding
1: entrepreneurs. If you were going to be building websites for entrepreneurs, I mean, yeah, it's a good pick there. It's a sweet pick. I think I remember when I was starting out the number of real estate agents in, uh, in like the GTA era was 40,000. Now I think it's like 70,000.
0: Yeah. I think it was, yeah,
1: 70, 80, 70,000, yeah, 80,000
0: so, in the Toronto so. real estate board alone. Yeah. Right. So you got to kind of sort through the cream to sort yeah. through the pile to get through the uh, cream yeah. of the crop there. But, uh, Okay. So you sold this thing. So, uh, what does that look like? How do
1: you sell a business? How do you sell a business? Um, so I mean, yeah, I, I actually, so, so just to backtrack a bit, um, I, I released a video content series called hard dot com, which kind of like documents my entire journey. And I talk about the exit process there. But and the reason I'm saying this is because, um, like I, I'm the type of person who I, Like I've always been a writer. Like I I enjoy writing just so like it helps um, articulate my thoughts and I'm able just to communicate better writing as opposed to verbal. So as as we were growing the business, I was like literally documenting all like the the strategies and insights we were using um, to help us grow. And I remember the last chapter. Uh, and this doc it was a like google docs like 100 pages and like the last page of it was called the exit and this was like a few years ago so like i, I i'm saying this because i yeah like i guess i always knew there would be some sort of exit
0: mm, so it, you had that like written it. down but you yeah. did not know what
1: it looked like yeah and i totally forgot about it. like I, after the sale like during the sale was going on like i went back and i was like oh shit like it actually says the exit it was like last edited like it's cool you're you're writing your own story yeah So as that was happening, I was like, hey, I gotta like fill this in in now. And I decided to just like package it all into like video content. Um, But how do you sell? I mean, there's, man, there's so much to, where do I start? I think if you know you want to sell, especially in the SaaS business, like this is a very attractive business model for investors. So you have a lot of, once you gain traction in this model, you, you get a lot of private equity um, firms and just private investors, like just cold reaching out to you. Now,
0: is this more attractive to investors because software as a service, it's, it's almost a more, um, like there's no personality almost behind the business. Like it's just this entity that's running and once you have the systems in place and you can step back
1: and it's like Costa doesn't need to be there. Exactly. It, it's just a very attractive model for investors mm-hmm. because of that recurring revenue. If it's a solid business, then... Like yeah, like when we sold, like no one, none of our customers knew we walked yeah. away. Like it was just yeah, like DocuSign. Yeah. Like I don't know who runs DocuSign. Exactly. I just
0: know it's really yeah. useful for filling out leases, yeah. and sending them to people. Yeah.
1: So if you're if you're an investor and you have experience in the space, like you can very easily like purchase one of these companies, like you know strip it down, do what you got to do, make it more efficient, and just keep it going. Okay. Right. So it's just a very attractive model. Yeah. Clean as you put for it for investors. Together. Yeah. Um, so so w- with that being said, like we'd have a lot of private equity firms, like constantly reaching out to us. And at the time, like we had no intention of selling, but I would always like entertain these conversations just to like learn and see like, you know, what's attractive to them. What's your offer? Yeah. Like learn (laughs) about it. Right. Everyone's got a (laughs) price. Exactly. So over the years, like I literally built up like a Rolodex of like investors and smart. Right. So because I I, instinctively inside, like I always knew this would happen at one point so I guess it was smart to just build up this Rolodex from early um, so once we decided to, to go down this path like I would literally just go through the list of investors and uh, but what ended up happening was, was a, a, um, a business another competing company in, in the market uh, purchase us it was more like a strategic acquisition rather than a PE firm buying us okay so yeah it just aligned up at the right time Uh, introduced, we got introduced with this, uh, the CEO of this company and it just worked out. Okay.
0: So what was the next step? Did you go party? Were you celebrating? Were you, did you have something else in mind? Was it just chill out for a few months, go from there?
1: Uh, it it was very anticlimactic to be honest. Like, you know, that when, when the, the closing day happened, You know, you think like, you're gonna have all this excitement, but it was just like, literally nothing changed in my life, like at all, like live in the same house, wear the same clothes, eat the same food, pay the same bills. Like, yeah, you have a little bit more money in your bank account, which is nice, but like literally nothing in my life has changed. The the most exciting part for me was uh, just having a blank slate, just like walking away, having truly a blank slate and just deciding what to do next. Okay. Like that was very exciting to me.
0: Now that money in the bank, were you, did you know about inflation and stuff? Oh uh, yeah. Cause I know I've that's something you're passionate about learning oh, about yeah. and speaking about now with your podcast. Oh, yeah. So you knew, okay, I've got this big melting ice cube in my exactly. bank account. Yeah. It was very nerve wracking. Okay. <laughs> always, how, yeah. when did you sell the company? How long ago? Uh, almost a year ago. So okay. So May this explains us. real estate. Yeah. So now yeah. we <laughs> enter into real estate. Yeah. Okay. So you had this melting ice cube and yeah. that led you down to the journey of Bitcoin, real estate,
1: and I believe infinite banking is another well, thing you're learning. Yeah. About. Like Bitcoin, I, I've been into way before this. Okay. Uh, I got into Bitcoin like about 2016 or 17. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I just knew that like you yeah, had to do something with, with this money, right? You can't just let it sit in the account. So yeah, that's why, you know, I've been listening to this podcast for a while and you guys provide a lot of amazing content. So I uh, became a member cause I knew I wanted to. How'd you find out about the podcast? And was this, was know. that your first it entry was... point to Rockstar? Um, yeah, like I, I, I know I've been l- listening to this podcast for way before I was a member. I don't know how I came across Was it. Was it just like local Canadian? I guess, uh, yeah. Uh, investing, yeah, entrepreneurship? Like just, I guess being in the real estate space for so long, like you kind of- It just attracted it you. It just attracted me. Um, but yeah, I uh, became a member of Rockstar and cause I knew I wanted to, to start getting into real estate uh, as this hedge against inflation was that your main motivation it was it was the hedge against inflation or were you looking for alternative income streams businesses uh, both. i think that i think it like real estate satisfies all those things you just said
0: yeah that's the thing i love about it it's like i mean the saas model actually sounds pretty good too like very clean and sellable and stuff but like a lot of businesses aren't sellable but with yeah. real estate you have this hard asset component where it really benefits inflationary periods you have an income stream and it's very easily sellable yeah you know, especially yeah. when you're looking at single family homes. Yeah, I agree. Or these little duplex triplexes, like very liquid compared to another business, not liquid compared to a stock or yeah. crypto, which you can sell with the snap of your fingers, yeah. but liquid compared to a company you spent 10 years building that nobody might not want to
1: buy for whatever reason. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. And I, I've always been into real estate. I always knew I wanted to get into it. So I, you know, now was the good time to do it.
0: Okay. So you, tra- so yeah. How do you feel about real estate? Cause you're I look at you as a software guy, which is, I'm surprised you had no background in it before, uh, but just, it's cool because now I would consider you, you're like a SaaS guy, right? this That's your thing, hard knock SaaS, you help other...
1: I mean, it's my background, right? Like I, okay. like when I describe myself professionally, it's like I'm an entrepreneur. Like I'll, Okay. I'll, I'll, yeah, so I, you I, don't I, identify necessarily with Not necessarily. That just happened to be the thing I was into that I have a lot of experience in it. I'm actually launching a new SaaS company this summer. So that's what I know. But like, I'm an entrepreneur. I, I can
0: do So brick more. and mortar business, like real estate doesn't really faze you. What no. about dealing with tenants? Because I know you were like, uh, you know, my contractor friends, yeah, you got to deal with all this stuff. So now you got to deal with tenants. You got to deal with contractors. You yeah. got to deal with all this stuff now.
1: I have some experience. I did renovation in my in my house. So, and, and it, I, I, I've been around contractors my entire life. Like I'm the only male in my family that's not in construction. So you know, I have a, a, a break in the Greek model. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I'm actually dealing with all tenant process right now and, and screening and finding tenants. And there's a lot of similarities to how I, uh, do hiring in my company. Mm. Um, <clears throat> that filtering process. Did you, so have you found a tenant yet? Not yet. I'm very close. Okay.
0: Did you watch the class that I uh, yeah. sent yeah, yeah. you? Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Oh, cool. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you're finding those tools useful, like oh, sing- yeah, Single Key sure. and uh, Verifast. You're using yeah, I've one. already used
1: both of those. Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. Speaking of software as a service, I love those two uh, programs. So one Single Key for anyone wondering, which is uh, tenant background and credit check reports. Yeah. The other is Verifast, which can be a bit more confusing to use, both for uh, tenants applying and for you as the landlord verifying. But once you get the hang of it, I love it. Um, And that one actually pulls bank account info from tenants and shows overall financial profile. Now, if someone doesn't want to fill out a Verifast, I'm like, I don't, I need to see like bank statement. I need to see the full picture because I've been spoiled because like now seeing payroll deposits, you know, pet store transactions, Mm. insufficient funds, all these things. I'm like, okay, I don't trust just the pay stubs now. I need to see this.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I was amazed at what came out of that report. You're right. It's a little, it was a little confusing to yeah, set up, but totally. when I got that first report back, I was like, holy crap, like this is, this is good. Oh yeah. If someone doesn't fill that out, I wouldn't even. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you, where did you buy your property? St. Catharines. St. Cat- what type of property is it? Uh, Single family duplex. It was a legal duplex, like very turnkey. It was just renovated and yeah. Okay.
0: Now, so you've got the rental property. Where do you see yourself going with real estate? So you, and then we'll get into SAS and the other stuff too that you're doing.
1: Yeah, like real estate, I see myself like, you know, like every year, ideally I'd wanna buy like a new property. Yeah. You know, I just wanna like keep it going. Add to the collection. Yeah. Like and it's a nice, sustainable
0: way, like one a year. Like that's what I've ultimately, That's has looking back. That's kind of the pace I'm on. Yeah. And I mean, of course, if I could be buying two a year, I probably yeah. would be, but uh, it is nice and sustainable. Cause it's like, I'm still, I've grown fast enough where I'm still like, need to go back and like fix some things or get my systems better. just organization and filing yeah. and bookkeeping. Like there's stuff I need to go back and kind of get a handle on. So I actually yeah. don't mind the pace that I'm on right now. Yeah. So
1: I think one a year is just a very, it's still ambitious, but it's sustainable. I think so too. Um, yeah, I think, I just think real estate is a very, I hate to say the word like an easy investment, but for, for most people who are not like financially, uh, literate with like stocks and like mutual funds and all this, I feel like real estate is, is, uh, is something that makes sense to a lot of people, which is most people like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's simple,
0: but it's, it's not easy is I think a good way of describing it.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's why I didn't want to use the word simple, but um, but yeah, and just like where we are in the GTA, I think a lot of like macro uh, circumstances, like just, you know, favor real estate as well over the long term. I think it's a very, uh, it's a relatively safe way to park your money and make sure it doesn't get eaten away by inflation, Uh, you know, like a cash flow if you find the right deal. So yeah, it just, yeah. It checks all the boxes for me.
0: Yeah. Okay. So you've got, um, you're starting another business. You've got real estate, which is a new journey. You're venturing down and planning on continuing. How are you integrating Bitcoin into your life? Because you've got this podcast founder views. Yeah. And I want to ask you more about it. But a lot of the topics you're talking about is Bitcoin, infinite banking, real estate investing, and I think specifically short term rentals. Yeah. So why why are you learning about these things? How are you integrating these three, four different things into your life? Yeah.
1: So so the, the podcast really is just me. It, it's my educational source. Like I, I you have it to learn. I, I want to speak to people about topics that I'm thinking about myself. So like, as you said, like right now I'm just like, yeah, thinking a lot about like Bitcoin and real estate. So I want to have other people, experts in these, um, in these segments and just speak to them and learn from them. Yeah. So and
0: having a podcast with an audience incentivizes them to come on the show. It's, it's a genius yeah, way to network.
1: To be honest, like I don't really care about like the clicks or the views. Like I think it's, it's great information for people that, that want to uh, listen to it, but if not, like it's it's really selfishly for me. Yeah, like That's why I do it. Um, but how, how do I integrate these into my life? I mean, Bitcoin, I just see it as this, you know, where to start with Bitcoin, man. That's, that's a, a huge rabbit hole. I feel like how, how I view Bitcoin today uh, is very different than how I viewed it like a year ago or two years ago or, or three years ago, just constantly evolving the deeper you get into it. Um, so why Bitcoin? Why today? What's your view today? Um, I, I see Bitcoin as it, it, it's really, for me, the, the biggest thing with Bitcoin is the, the, you know, the sovereign individual. I just see that that book. It's just like it, it represents uh, uh, sovereignty, freedom, mm-hmm. um, individualism. And just it, it's the only asset in the world that literally no one can can confiscate, seize from you. Like it's, you know, it's literally stored with 12 or 24 words in your head. Like you literally can't say that with any form of asset in the world. And, and just seeing what's happening in the world, specifically in Canada, right? With like the, um, the the protests was it like a year and a half ago? Bank accounts getting seized. So, you know, we're, we can see how easy it is for that to happen. Um, not only in Canada, but in different parts of the world.
0: Yeah, and Canada still... Just, I mean, compared to other countries in the world, like a safe haven, even financially speaking, compared to, you know, like Lebanon, Argentina, Turkey, all these places going through hyperinflation and corruption, but, uh, not saying Canada is perfect, but yeah, I mean, when you look at the rest of the world, you see the importance of having this type of asset.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you, you can, you can see how I I feel like in this part of the world, Canada, the U S the Western world, like you you growing up, you never really thought about um, freedom, right? You just, it was just this thing that you just have. But like, I feel like over the past few years, like for, for anyone paying attention, like you can, you can kind of see how freedom can be taken away from you, mm-hmm. right? And I think like Bitcoin represents uh, freedom. Like that's how I see it now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's very d- yeah. It's it's not easy to explain, right? It's not yeah, just this computer not, code asset to yeah. like get rich quick. It's like no. goes a lot deeper than that, because yeah. uh, it really challenges the status quo and yeah. current financial system, and really does offer hypothetically this level of freedom, right? Um, yeah. Now, infinite banking. You've been learning a lot about this concept. What have you learned about it? And why do you like it? What do you maybe not like about it? What are your thoughts around it?
1: Um, yeah, that's, uh, I stumbled on this topic, um, I don't know, about a year ago, I'd say, and just digging into it, like I, I see a lot of, uh, positive to it. It, it, it kind of satisfies the whole, like controlling your, your assets in a way. Um, so I like the idea of your assets being, or your fiat dollars in this case, being safe with insurance companies who don't operate like, uh, banks in, in like fractional reserve setting. Um, historically if if these, so it's a whole life policy, right? That's what infinite uh, participating mutually owned whole life policy that you're putting your money into. Yeah. So I like it for, for, Two or three main things. So one, it's a way to it's a it's a place to put your money that historically has grown, right? The average, I think, over the last hundred something years has been like five or six percent. Obviously, that could change, but uh, you know, historically, it's been solid. Uh, but I like the fact that you can uh, leverage it and like utilize it for like. So let's say you have a hundred thousand dollars in in a whole life policy. That's your cash value. You can take. You can leverage up to ninety percent of that. Uh, so let's say I wanna leverage 90,000. That initial 100,000 is still growing at 100,000. You're just utilizing that 90 and like, you know, buying real estate with it or, or buying an asset with it that's growing. Uh, and just having the control to pay that back on your own terms it's like in, in, instead of like- Because it's
0: a loan from yourself and it's an unstructured loan. You can pay it back when you want, how yeah, you want.
1: Yeah, unlike a line of credit or a HELOC where like you have to pay back every day on this day of the month uh, with, with, uh, the, leveraged uh, leverage loan from your policy, like you can pay it back whenever you want. Mm-hmm. Is this something
0: you've done for yourself then? Have you put a policy in yeah. the place? Yeah. Have you leveraged it yet? Uh, um, I'm about to. Are you? So, yeah. 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 Okay. And are you doing that through the insurance company or are you collateralizing at a bank? Through the insurance company. Through the insurance company. Yeah. Okay. And then can I ask like what your plan is with that? Just cause a lot of people want to know about the concept, but then, you know, how do you actually implement it? Uh, to purchase real estate with that. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So you've capitalized it enough that you're going to pull yeah. out a down payment. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Nick's uh, dancing in the back. <laughs> you're trying to mess with me. Yeah.
1: Um, but, but, but I think uh, what's important with with this kind of policy or this um, like infinite banking concept is I, I can see a lot of people like getting into it for kind of the wrong reasons and just like, you know, thinking like you can take out money and just like buying like something depreciating like a. I don't know, like whatever, like furniture a car. or a car, or like whatever, right? So if if you're utilizing it in, I think, uh, like good positive ways, um, I I think it's it's. So if you're beneficial. investing with it, yeah, yeah, and I feel like cash flow almost has to be a component of that to cover the interest rate that you're paying on the money you're borrowing from sure. the policy. So if you can but even if you like do actually the calculation, so the, the policy grows uh, compounded, right, every year, whereas the loan interest rate is a, is a simple interest rate. So it, it's it it it's not nearly as much. Like over the long term, the compounded rate you're going to end up making more money than what you pay back because of the simple interest rate.
0: Yeah. So so you're growing your money at a compounded rate. So yeah. your hundred thousand is a hundred and six thousand. Then it's a hundred and whatever yeah. 6% on a hundred 6,000 is yeah. it's growing that way. But now simple interest on the loan, let's say you loan 90,000, like you were talking about the 90 up to 90% of that hundred. Now you're paying that 90 back with just uh let's say it's 6%
1: interest rate yeah. on the 90,000. Yeah. So, so even if the interest rates are the same, yep. the compounded one will always win. Okay. So now it's not compounding the loan that you take out. No, it's simple interest rate. Simple so interest. It, yeah. Yeah. Like, like it adds to it like at the at the year on yeah. the term.
0: Now that loan would also be tax deductible if using it for an investment yeah. purpose as well. Yeah. So yeah, there's some little tricks and-
1: Yeah, so in when that. you actually like do the calculations, like it, it makes sense. Yeah. But it's so, very important to like pay it back, right? Yeah, so yeah. that's another thing.
0: You have to pay the loan back. And yeah. these guys will tell you, like the people into infinite banking will tell you, you know, you pay the loan back. Like it's for not sure. just this yeah. thing you can borrow from. Yeah. In retirement, I think there's other retirement strategies you can use where you borrow against it, borrow against it, and then when you eventually die, the death benefit, covers all the loans you've taken yeah out.
1: yeah a lot of people like uh, older in their life use it for retirement money so like you you can leverage take money out of your policy and just like use it as your retirement income and never pay it back because mm-hmm. it just gets deducted from the death benefit
0: so how have you set this up in your own life your this whole life policy um did you just open up a policy and like just throw as much money into it as possible to get the money out that that was the so yeah possible. back to like so then, the, the
1: melting ice cube yeah so this was one of the ways where I wanted to deploy some money into okay um, yeah just some like how are you
0: thinking about it like okay I want to funnel all my money through this thing like majority of it of of income or cash
1: flow or savings in yeah. my life uh well in Canada like the way these like I'm not an expert right like this is not um, yeah like, man I'm not me neither man a, <laughs> yeah, yeah so so you 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 can't. Um, put in all your savings into it. Like there there's certain limits like based on your income and your age and all this stuff. So like there there's limits as to like how your policy is structured and how much you can funnel into it. Yeah. Um honestly, if I was able to, I'd put in like nearly all of it. Yeah. To be honest. Instead of it sitting in a bank account, like have it sit there while it's growing, yeah. But you can still like utilize it. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah
0: okay interesting man yeah because i i saw your podcast and i just wanted to know how you were I know you're learning about it but i wanted to know how you're actually implementing
1: these things yeah
0: and now bitcoin are you t- still buying bitcoin how are you thinking about that
1: uh yeah i've never sold any bitcoin yeah um so yeah okay yes <laughs> Stack and st- okay yeah enough said yeah so so your SaaS company what are you thinking now like what's next for costa uh, so in the process of launching a, a new company called Job Table, So it's a SaaS company, but for construction, small construction companies and independent contractors. So it's gonna help them like literally save like 10 to 20 hours a week on admin work. So it allows them to send out quotations, invoicing, just managing their jobs uh, faster and better like through their device on their phone. So, um, and I'm doing it with two like really good friends of mine who actually own a successful plumbing company. So it's been very nice building a product like for them, but like, you know, putting it out, so it's. Yeah, so how did you see this opportunity?
0: And was it just talking to your friend?
1: Yeah, it was uh, very random. So I'm a part of this like Facebook SaaS groups and someone posted that they're selling this construction app that they built. Um, So, uh, you know, just with my you know, back, not background, but like family and construction. I've always been around construction. Like this just appealed to me for some reason. So I reached out to this person, uh, to, to kind of buy this app. Um, so we were going through the process. So, uh, we ended up not buying the app, but just building it from scratch. We just bought the name cause I like the name job table. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just ended up building it from scratch, but it just started from that, like Facebook post and this was like during this was in my like blank slate phase after we sold. So I was like exploring kind of like in shark mode and, um, yeah, this just came up and that just happened to be the, the next project.
0: Yeah. So I think, um, a lot of people think about like the vision of building a company, selling it, getting this big payday. You got all this money in the bank. Like that's like, you made it right. Like that's the retirement tree and retired at 35. How were you feeling about it? Were you like, okay, what's next? I need something to do. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it, it, like, were, did it improve yeah. your lifestyle? Like now you don't have this thing you got to work on every day. You're in shark mode. Is
1: like just doing with
0: what you so want with your time? W-
1: what's very interesting. There was like periods where I'd get like these, like, uh, like bit of anxiety, right? Because you're just like, shit, like, you know, I have this, like I just sold my company, don't have an income anymore. It's like, what do I do? Like your mind just racing. Uh, but like when, you know, when you take a step back and you realize, okay, like I can like chill, like I don't have to have these feelings of anxiety and worry. Uh, but I think it's just like who I am as a person. Like I just have a lot of drive and, and just the, the thought of like not having an income right now. Um, like it affected me in a lot of ways, but, um, but yeah, so that, that was an interesting kind of, I'd be looking at that lump sum and be like, okay, you know, how, what are my living expenses? How long would
0: this last me? And not like I would actually want to live on it, but like, yeah. I'd start feeling anxious. I'd be like, okay, I know I got to do yeah. something with this. And now, you know, that lump sum's there. It's a little bit there to protect me, but like I need some income. Yeah,
1: exactly. Out. So that, that's, a, I'm saying this because that's a feeling that I didn't really expect to, to have, but mm-hmm. I did. Um, but, yeah, I mean that's, yeah, like I said, it's kind of anticlimactic, right like there's, there's not much <laughs> <laughs> is what <laughs> that it has is change, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: but it's cool like it's not easy building a company like you're very casual and and low-key about it But it's not easy doing what you did. It's not easy. gonna be doing what you're doing now Yeah, I mean, maybe your greek family's finally proud of you because it's construction, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it all not comes not full all. circle yeah, exactly <laughs> No, it's, yeah, yeah, it's not easy at all, but i um, just joking. I'm sure they're <laughs> proud of you <laughs> No for sure um, but yeah, no. So nothing like this exists. You just saw the opportunity for this construction app. No, th- this is very similar to my previous company, like a very saturated. Okay,
0: market. yeah, you would like think someone revolutionary,
1: would think of this. but like to me, that's one of my business philosophies. Like I'll only go into a business that's very competitive. Why? for for a couple of different reasons like one like it you can kind of now skip the whole like market validation product market fit because you can already see there's already companies doing it making money there's customers for it so if you can come in like find your niche find your pocket a small slice of a big pie is a very good business hmm. and it, to me those are the easiest businesses to sell into uh, as well so yeah just like easier
0: So you're looking at your competition and being like, okay, that's great. This is great. This is great. But this is missing.
1: Yeah. Like a certain segment of the market is missing, like something you got to have like a little differentiating factor. And then it's like, I don't know, it's just easier to sell. It's a very similar model to web for realty, uh, very saturated. We just like found our pocket, found our niche. So you're still looking
0: for a niche. It's, I guess, I guess one way of doing it is like better marketing. Is that something you're focused on, like just marketing better or is it like, no, finding the niche that's actually not addressed and then marketing towards that. niche? I
1: think finding the niche is very important. I think finding like being as granular on the segment as you possibly can just makes the marketing a lot easier. It makes the content and the copy and the communication a lot easier. Yeah. So yeah, finding, finding that niche, I think is very important and then just makes everything else easier.
0: Okay. So when you're looking at these other companies, you're just like, what are they not doing that I could be doing?
1: Yeah. In a lot of ways. Yeah. And like, it it depends on what your intentions are too. Right. A lot of people listening to this and be like, Hey, I would never go into a competing business, but for me, like, I'm good making, like you probably will not build like a unicorn billion dollar company doing this, which to me, like, I don't care to. but like, yeah, you can probably make very easily like a five to $10 million company. And Mm -hmm. like to me in, in the software model, the margins on that are amazing. I can live a very good lifestyle, have a very good income. And so if your intentions are that, then it's a, it's a beautiful thing. So I was saying about this the other day that like
0: with service-based businesses, you really don't need to reinvent the wheel. Like when I was younger, I always wanted to start a business and I'd be like, Oh, what could I invent? And I was thinking like product businesses, like yeah. what could I, like everything's already been invented. Like yeah. what else is there? Yeah. Right. And I think all these Shows like dragon's den and shark tank kind of promote this idea of like coming up with a new mousetrap or inventing this product and maybe getting a patent selling it but i was thinking about this the other day and like with service-based businesses like the the service is already out there and it's needed and there's a ton of people already providing that service that could be improved that aren't doing it as well as it could be done and you can just enter any service-based market whether it's software as a service whether it's any service plumbing, yeah. uh, you know, finding tenants for properties, property management, being a real estate agent, like name the service. You can go in and just do a better job or market towards a specific niche. Yeah. Like you really don't need to invent this product to become an entrepreneur. Yeah. Just find a service based business that will, for whatever reason you're attracted to and do a better job than anyone, whether it's painting right. houses, plumbing, cleaning
1: toilets, Exactly. And that's how I thought, too, at first. I I remember when I was younger, you know, in these Friday meetings with my partner, like, you know, I I remember I had the same thoughts. Like, there's an idea. You Google it. It's like, oh, this already exists. It's like like, 2022.
0: Everything's been invented. Now it's
1: like if something uh, if I have an idea, let's just say, and it doesn't exist, I can't find competitors out there. To me, that's a big red flag Mm -hmm. personally, because it's like, why is there no is there not a market for this? Did someone try this already? it's more risky. It's riskier at that point. Cause like you're entering something where you have to now find the product market fit and actually validate the idea. So there's a, there's a lot more involved to doing something that doesn't exist. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it's smart. Um, you're always,
0: you're helping other people now build their SaaS businesses and other entrepreneurs. Um, right. With consulting.
1: I, and I, I do a lot of mentoring. Mentoring. So, um, like I, I dedicate, uh, few hours a week and just like do free mentoring uh it's through a platform called growthmentor.com um and this platform basically connects like entrepreneurs or, or founders or anyone really that wants to connect with like experts or or people um in any subject, whether you're like a marketing expert or an entrepreneur a bootstrap. So
0: if I want to learn about marketing, I go on this platform. Yeah. I can get
1: connected to a, exactly. a mentor that helps yeah. with marketing. Yeah. This is a free service? It's, well, you pay to be a member on the platform, but then you have access to all these uh, experts and mentors for free. So why do you do it? What's the benefit? Um, I just get a lot of, uh, like I enjoy it, truly. Like I, I enjoy Speaking to people, I enjoy sharing my insights and experiences. I feel it'd be a shame for anyone to kind of like bottle in any experiences and insights that they have when they can just like share it and and help someone. Like I don't know, I get a lot of gratification doing that and just like helping an like an aspiring entrepreneur and like to get motivated. So I I just enjoy and at the same time I, I learn from from them as well. Like it kind of lights it's kind of nostalgic in a way, it puts you back into that like startup mode, gives you like a boost of energy as well. Speaking to someone like so hungry, starting something new. So it lights that fire as well. Um, so yeah, I, I just enjoy it. That's really cool, man. So it's
0: growthmentor.com if people yeah. are interested in yeah, yeah. that out. And how much is it a month?
1: I'm not sure to be honest. Uh, I haven't checked the, the pricing in a while. I want to say like I don't know, um, 70 bucks a month, something like that. I'm guessing. I don't know. Okay. And mainly for entrepreneurs or other types of skill sets? It could be any type of skill set. Like photography or? It's more like tech focused. Okay. Yeah. It's more tech focused. Okay. So computer But any, so whether you're a marketer, coding, SEO, marketing, you know, just entrepreneurship in general, bootstrapping, finance, like. Yeah. You'll find an expert for anything.
0: Oh, wow. That's yeah. cool, man. Now with your podcast, you, you've started this podcast, but you're getting some awesome guests on there. So how have you, like, how are you reaching out to these people to say,
1: hey, come on to my podcast? Yeah. Very random. Like, you know, I could be on Twitter and just like uh, stumble on someone interesting and just like send them a message.
0: And you find people are receptive to that?
1: Most of the time. Yeah. 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 yeah
0: I found the same thing. Kind of trying yeah. to, you know, get guests <laughs> on the show and, and interview yeah. people. It's, less maybe intimidating that someone might think to start your own podcast.
1: It is. Yeah. Um, I think podcasts are great. I, I, I we had a podcast for uh, web for realty as well, where I was interviewing like top real estate agents in, in, in the U S and Canada. People like to, to talk about themselves and, and share their stories and you know, it's so it's, yeah, it's, I think it's pretty easy to get guests.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, That's, yeah, your story is pretty cool, man. Um, Are there any key business lessons you wanna leave people with? From talking to all these people, from your own experience, do you have like, you know, three core lessons or three principles
1: you always teach everyone? Like what, do you have anything like that you can share? Um, Yeah, two things. So one, um, just, I've spoken to hundreds, like literally several hundreds of of entrepreneurs and uh, new founders starting businesses and, the, the first thing is, you know, most people, they like to get ready, they like to aim, and then they fire. So what does that mean? So they like to get ready, so you have this idea, you have this business concept, you're getting ready for it. Next is aim, so like you're analyzing, you're putting together the business plan, like what's your strategy and all this stuff. And then once you have that done, then you fire, then you launch. To me, I like to reverse that. I, I like to get ready, so I have the idea, I'm firing. So like, I'm not overanalyzing, I'm not overthinking. And, and that's the biggest problem I think a lot of new entrepreneurs have is like their, their biggest hurdle is in their own head. Um, they in a way it's like, they're almost trying to find excuses for, for, for themselves and like not to do that thing. Um, so like just too much overanalyzing. So, so the lesson philosophy that I kind of live by is like ready fire Put it out there and just like figure it out as you're firing. Mm-hmm. Like that happens with real estate way, investing. All with the time anything, too. truly, It's yeah. just like that. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So I think the best way to learn is by doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, that that's one thing. And then. Uh, another, like, just like mindset philosophy that I kind of live by is is no plan Bs. So once I decide that, okay, this, I'm going to start this thing, or I'm going to do this thing, like failure is not an option. Like there's no plan Bs. Like that's not a thing. Like once a plan B is a plan for failure, like once you instill like a tiny grain of doubt in your head, like your, your chances of failing, I think exponentially increase because like you literally are planning for this failure to happen. So... Just like, yeah, that, just that strong mindset. Like no plan B it's like you. like, have
0: you ever started something where you just realize you're like, <laughs> it's, it's not about me quitting, but it's about
1: like, this thing isn't going anywhere. Um, cut my losses and move on to the next thing. Honestly, no, no, I'm, I'm pretty selective on like what I, for me to, to like really decide like, Hey, like I'm truly like dedicating and like doing this. Um, no, I've never backtracked. Yeah. I like the no plan B. Yeah,
0: it's true. Once you plant that little seed of doubt, you know, yeah, starts growing.
1: I think so. Yeah.
0: And you got to you got to be all in, I think, to get the momentum to really succeed in any new endeavor.
1: Yeah. But and that kind of relates to the whole like business philosophy where like going into competing businesses. So to have this mindset, it's like, you know, if these other if hundreds of other companies can succeed on the same thing you're doing, there's literally zero excuse like why you can't do it. There's no, excuse. if another human being can create a successful company in the same industry, like why can't you? And mm-hmm. there's a lot of them. It's like, it, there's no reason, no excuse why you can't. Mm-hmm.
0: I guess someone's objection could just be a confidence thing. Like, Oh, but you know, that person's this, that person's that I'm not this, I'm not that, but you're right. A human beings, a human being.
1: Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's how I see it.
0: Okay. Awesome, man. So what's next for Costa?
1: You're going to build this company. Yeah. Buying no, properties, <laughs> keep funding that policy. <laughs> yeah. Just I uh, got this uh, job table launching this summer. Uh, that video content series I talked about, Hard Knock Sass. I put that out a few months ago. Okay. Where can um, people find that? Hardknocksass.com. Okay. Um, yeah. Do do my mentoring, do my podcast, real estate. So growth so mentor. If someone searches up Costa and Agulias, mentor, yeah. I'll send you a view. link. And Okay, can, sure. Yeah. We'll put all this in the yeah. show notes. Yeah. into so, these things. Yeah.
0: Exciting times. Yeah. You got a lot going on. You're sure. very chilling. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm doing this, this, and this, you know, whatever.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know.
0: <laughs> Personality. <laughs> it's it cool, is, man. It's a
1: game, right? Business, I think, is a game. And you just, like, you keep going, right?
0: I can see you as being a guy who doesn't get too high with the highs, doesn't get too low with the lows. Yeah, I think that's accurate. Yeah, you're just like, yeah. uh, you know, like, things are shit this month. Well, whatever, they'll get better. You know, things are, <laughs> I sold my company. All right.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. No,
0: I actually think it's a good thing because I'm probably a bit manic. I'm probably more of the up and down guy. And yeah. I think I've have enough life experience to know that there's going to be highs, there's going to be lows. Just take like, be stoic about it. Yeah. Just just be smooth and steady, you know, yeah. and just stick to the course. There's going to be all these ups and downs, say, yeah. but just keep the end It's a
1: inside. marathon. Yeah.
0: It's yeah. a marathon. It's not a sprint. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to balance yeah. your emotions.
1: It's true. I see too many people. They want to get to the finish line. Without running the race yeah that's a big problem but yeah it's a marathon and you keep going right you
0: yeah you can just tell you're you're in it for the long term with everything you do you're not thinking oh, short yeah. term yeah. where
1: does that come from I don't know I, I honestly don't know I think this is just uh, a personality trait that I've always had I, I think I, I'm an old soul I don't know if you heard like this uh, mm-hmm. like, I, I think I, I just I feel like I been around the block more than the average person, if that makes sense. I, I don't know. It's just a personality trait.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you think that has to do with maybe your
1: culture or a Greek culture? Uh, just, no, just, I don't know. Not really. exactly I have you some are? family members who are, are pretty wild. And <laughs> <different>, so <laughs> I don't know. Yeah.
0: Just, yeah. Well, it's working for you, man. And once you know what yeah. works for you and your personality type, I think doubling down and yeah. Just being true to yourself is the best Yeah, thing
1: self-awareness. I think is, yes. is very key
0: self-aware of who you are yeah. and what you can do. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, thanks cost. Thanks for coming on the show, man.
1: Yeah. Glad, glad appreciate to you be sharing. here. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, totally appreciate it. Um, founderviews.com to check out your thing.
1: Yeah. that's. What a, do you want to leave people with? Uh, yeah. I mean, hard knock SAS, uh, is the video content series. Um, to find me on social media i'm usually on like instagram or twitter yeah you got LinkedIn. some
0: great uh tips
1: on your twitter and stuff for entrepreneurs yeah so yeah that that's where you can find me
0: okay yeah awesome and the
1: youtube channel founder views
0: okay so we'll put this stuff in the show notes and uh it was a pleasure again to know you a bit better man and uh yeah let's likewise yeah thanks. let's keep this journey
1: going right. sounds good awesome yeah.
0: thanks man Okay. So I want to give a big thank you to Costa for coming in and sharing his story. He's a great example of what's possible to accomplish and how he's building his own financial fortress here in Southern Ontario from business building, real estate investing, and these other tools like Bitcoin and insurance policies. You can check out his podcast at founderviews.com, his website and course at hardknocksass.com, that's S-A-S, and or connect with him on growthmentor.com. Uh, as he mentioned, And you can connect with us to ask us anything you'd like about the Rockstar Circle membership or about Real Estate Investing Ontario by picking up your phone and calling us at 905-338-6964 and either myself or Ashley Gordon will be happy to assist you and try and help out in any way that we can, whether it's us answering your questions or us connecting you to a Rockstar Circle investing coach for more real estate investing specific questions. That's 905-338-6964 extension 210 to reach myself and Ashley on the membership team thank you so much for listening to the podcast everyone we really appreciate your support and we hope to catch you again on the next episode take care